So, all right, we're live with Johnny from uh, from Arizona, currently living in Romania. So thanks for coming on today. Yep, good to be here. Glad to see you. Yeah, so can you give us a little background on your digital nomad history, how you got started and things like that? Yeah, uh, so how I kind of got started digital nomading is actually because I work too much, or I guess not by not that I work too much, but I had a sedentary lifestyle. I was sitting too much. I was working in the office. I was driving everywhere. And one day it got so bad that I decided that I'm going to replace driving with walking. Um, mm. So that decision ultimately led me to live in Romania because I have a Romanian heritage. My family's Romanian. I speak Romanian. I grew up in the U.S., but I visited Romania many times. And I knew that it was much more suitable if I wanted to live without a car, essentially. <laughs> right. Um <laughs> So because of this like health problem, I changed my lifestyle like drastically. And I kind of forced myself to find out like what skills I had and how I can implement them in the online world. And like before I made this huge shift, uh, I used to tutor um, Microsoft Excel and a little bit of programming based on what I studied in college. And I continued doing that once I came to Europe, once I moved to Romania, I continued doing this online tutoring. And over time, it kind of evolved into um, English teaching, but it was more, it, it kind of moved towards like advanced English business coaching type of stuff. Um, meanwhile, mm -hmm. while I was doing that as a digital nomad, I was also experiencing the co-living lifestyle and it just I just happened to experience it and in a place that wasn't officially a co-living space. So when I moved to Bucharest, this is when I experienced something like this and it inspired me to make my own co-living space. So what I essentially did was I made a small co-living space and then on the side, I, I would teach English online. So I had like mm. two side jobs because the co-living space, once I got it started, it was small enough that it didn't take all of my time. It only took like a part of my time, but because it took a part of my time, I couldn't afford necessarily to get a full-time job. So I had to do something as a freelancer or as an independent contractor, which is how the English uh, teaching kind of came into play. So I was doing both of those for a while until I got tired of living in the co-living space, or at least tired of living in that neighborhood. <laughs> okay. And because it was it was so small, I wasn't, I wasn't able to afford like hiring someone else to run the business, like a community facilitator. And so I just closed mm -hmm. it down and I started traveling more checking out other co-living spaces, see how do they do things. And meanwhile, over the course of a few years, I eventually like uh, decided that I also want to open another co-living space. So over time, we would see properties and, and do research and see where we can open a co-living space. <clears throat> and mm -hmm. fast forward a few years, now I'm here in Sibiu, Romania, in a new co-living space or a new okay. uh, version 2.0, a Transylvanian co-living. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. And uh, so can you elaborate a little more on what exactly is a co-living space and how that's different from like a hostel or shared apartment? Yeah, so uh, a co-living space is... So the way I would describe it is it's like a hostel, but it's more privacy and it's targeted for people to live longer. So each room would essentially, usually they're uh, private bedrooms and a lot of co-living spaces also offer private bathrooms, but 
many of them also don't. Um, but usually the private bedroom is like the staple of a co-living space. Um, the other things that are very important are like the shared common areas, like a shared kitchen, shared, um, <clears throat> like a shared lounge, a shared living room, you know, a shared terrace, shared patio, shared garden. And the, there's an emphasis on people like spending time with each other because a co-living space also organizes a lot of events so that people get to meet each other and spend uh, meaningful time with each other. Okay. And on top of all this, everyone I'm in a co-living space, people usually have a tendency to stay like one month or more. But each co-living space is very different. Right, yeah. Yeah, I only recently found out about co-living spaces. Like I heard of co-working spaces first, and then it wasn't only until maybe last year I discovered that co-living is a thing too. So, yeah, definitely. When I when I was working remotely like I guess I was on like the earlier adopters for this kind of thing because I was working remotely way before the the whole pandemic and everything but after the pandemic happened a lot more people were working remotely and a lot more people were able to understand the struggles of a remote worker right. <laughs> of a you know digital nomads or people with location independent lifestyle right yeah so yeah so do you think the co-living really helps like form that sort of sense of community that's often missing for digital nomads. Yeah, I mean, that's the the biggest value proposition of a good co-living space. And if they don't have a sense of community, in my opinion, it's not a good co-living space. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Because exactly. there's a ton of places out there that call themselves co-living spaces. But when you go there, it's not, you don't have that sense of community. You know, it's hard to describe. And they might have all the amenities. They might have a community facilitator. They might have people living there. But you still won't have that sense of community because the place isn't designed for co-living. It's like adapted for co-living sometimes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was I stayed at a co-living a couple of weeks ago, and it, you know, it, it didn't really have a community facilitator there, so it kind of just felt more like an apartment with a shared kitchen. Basically, <laughs> there weren't like any yeah. events yeah. or anything. So. Yeah, so you're co-living, yeah, I mean, do you like organize events and, you know, things? Yeah, so we have in... events, we have events, uh, we host events here in the co-living space. We also have events that I host like outside of the co-living space, like networking, um, drinks in town type of thing. Uh, but here on in the co-living space, we have board game nights, we have community dinners, um, we play spike ball. Have you ever played spike ball? Uh, no, but I've, I've heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a little, it's like a, it's kind of like volleyball, but different. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we also, we also have volleyball. Um, uh, we had like a day party in our garden. We also have a really nice garden. We had a day party there for Halloween. We're going to have a Halloween party in our basement. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's cool. So huh. yeah, all sorts of events. Okay. Nice. And then uh, what kind of, what's the demographic of uh, people you find come to your co-living? Is there a specific type of person or it's like a big yeah, I mean, range? We haven't been open for very long. And in the early stages of a business like this, we're not necessarily hosting people that are in our target niche, I guess. But right now, mm -hmm. our target niche are people who want to stay in co-living spaces and are willing to travel for it 
And this means usually people who have a location-independent lifestyle, people like freelancers, entrepreneurs, um, people who have more flexibility in their schedule, or even full-time workers are, are fine as long as they are location-independent because, you know, a lot of located, uh, remote workers might be tied to a city because they have to go in once a week or something like that. <laughs> right. Right. And you're in, but, uh, um, you're in Transyl Transylvania, right? So, yeah. So the region we're in is Transylvania and the city is Sibiu. Okay. And, is and that, um... if you're familiar with, if you're familiar with Transylvania, this is where Dracula's are from and all that stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So do you have some sort of themed events with that? <laughs> Well, I mean, Halloween, Transylvania, they, they kind of mix pretty well. So, you know, we're going to have okay. like vampires and costumes and Halloween party. But yeah, we're trying to attract people, you know, I guess in in the age range of like 20 something to 40 ish. But a co-living space is good for a very like wide range of people. Something I noticed that's really interesting is that even older people are looking for co-living spaces like retired people. Because it's the kind of environment where they feel comfortable and they like to be around younger people too. And how's uh how's Romania for digital nomads, or the city you're in now? Is it a a hot spot? Um, I wouldn't say it's a hot spot. Sibiu it has like the amenities for digital nomads, but I think the what it's missing is the community. And right now, nobody really started the trend for digital nomads to come here in this city. But Romania has really, really good internet infrastructure, like number one in Europe. I think number two in the world, Korea is like, South Korea is the only one that has fast internet, surprisingly. Right. Yeah, that's surprising. So, oh. so for internet, we are like super fast. And for cost of living, it's much cheaper than it is uh, in Western Europe. Like if you compare it to cities like Paris, Amsterdam or something like that, it's half or even less than half the cost of living especially if you go to a smaller city like Sibiu. So the cost of living is relatively low. Um, and Sibiu is a somewhat touristy town. And although the tourism kind of declined in the last few years, people here are still kind of used to it. So they speak English really well, and they're used to people speaking English in, in restaurants and bars and pretty much everywhere in the city. And Romanians in general, they learn English in school. So the average Romanian, um, as long as they're not like, old <laughs> the average okay. Romanian knows English okay yeah that's a that's important it's a big factor and then you said it's easy to get around without a car too that's another yeah another that's one thing. of the main things I was looking for when I when I when we were looking for properties the number one thing was for it to be walkable so everything is within walking distance and what that means is like you within 15 minutes or within like 20 minutes you can get to the city center you can get to a mall Actually, you can get to two malls. <laughs> you can okay. you can get you can also get to the park. Um, we we even have these city bikes. Like there's a city bike station right outside our building, and it's super easy to use and rent. And so with those city bikes, you can get to the city center in like five minutes or the park in like five minutes. It's so nice. Everything okay. like everything you need is within walking distance and. If you want to take the bike, you can also do that. So you don't need a car. But I, I noticed that people still want the car. There's like a, they like the to to be able to take excursions out of the city. 
And I got to admit for that, it can be useful because it's nice to have like the ability to just go and see a castle or something like that. Right. Yeah, I guess you can always- but For everyday living, you definitely don't need it. Yeah, right. rental is an option. Right, yeah. Okay, so yeah, sounds like uh sounds like a great place for digital nomads then. It's got everything. <laughs> so Well it's got everything and now it even has a co living space. <laughs> yeah, and it, are you the only co living space in in the city? Sibiu? Yeah. So in Romania there's only three co living spaces actually. There's one in Bucharest, um there's one in a smaller town that's not far from here near Brasov. <clears throat> and then there's this one here in Sibiu. And I think that's really what CBO was missing for digital nomads, a place for them to go and stay and meet other digital nomads because the co-working spaces here are, are okay. Um, but really, I think the community and the digital nomads, they need to come here and meet more digital nomads. And that's what we're trying to do. Right. So do you have any plans to um, you know, kind of market Cebu as a digital nomad hotspot? and attract more nomads over? Cibu. Cibu. Um, yeah, I mean, so we're putting a lot of effort into like creating content, social media, and let's say awareness. Um, we are hosting these also, these immersive programs where someone has one week planned, like every day is planned. Like, so we have an itinerary for each day of the week. And someone who is really busy doesn't have to organize or structure or do anything. You know, they just know that, boom, I work in the morning and then boom, there's activities in the evenings. And so we have something like that going on for one week in, that starts uh, mid-September, now that we're in September, so in, in a few mm -hmm. weeks. And then we have another one starting in mid-October. And this one is going to be three weeks long. And at the end of this one, we're going to have that Halloween party. <laughs> Oh, nice. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you're all yeah. set. So, huh. so yeah, we're hosting events. We're also reaching out to various, um, I guess, journalism, like journalists and newspapers or just online blogs that talk about digital nomading. Uh, we're trying to just get more awareness because CBO is a great city for digital nomads. It's just that the digital nomads are not here yet. So as a co-living mm. space, we can kind of facilitate that. It, it's weird because it almost feels like I'm a missionary and I'm like building a church or something. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's almost a religion in a way. But Yes, join my cult. Yeah, yeah. live with us. <laughs> Form community. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's funny. But have you um, traveled any any other places as a digital nomad or are you just went straight to Romania? Oh, no. I mean, I traveled a little bit in Asia and I did a lot of traveling like with my family, I guess. My family, we, we were kind of like when before the Internet, we were like analog nomads in the sense that like my family would take three months during the, our summer breaks and we'd just like drive across Europe and just do that for three months or something or two months um so we, we kind of did that when i was younger but then like when i was on my own i did i stayed in thailand for a month and then i traveled a little bit throughout europe but for the most part i spent my time in romania in bulgaria i spent a little bit of time in ukraine before the war 
And this was all focused on trying to meet digital nomads. So I went to these digital nomad hotspots or I went to a co-living space. And I, okay. and I did that for maybe like three or four years. Okay. And that's sort of your inspiration to start your own co-living space? Well, I mean, the inspiration came when I when I knew that I wanted to permanently move to Europe. Um, but it doesn't it didn't necessarily come from being a digital nomad because I I guess my digital nomad adventure really started when I went to Thailand for one month. And that was like a, a free sample, like a sample of what digital nomadism would be like for me. Because I went there for one month, I met a lot of digital nomads, people doing this kind of stuff, and realized it's a possibility. And that inspired me to kind of uh, cut ties, what I had in the US, like, you know, cancel my rental contracts, sell all my stuff, that sort of stuff. And once I cut all my ties, then I left to, then I left to Europe, and then I started really seriously doing it. Okay, I see. Nice. And then... Uh... Yeah, I guess I want to talk a little bit about your English teaching experience, too, because that's what I'm currently doing, mostly, is online tutoring, online English tutoring. Mm -hmm. So uh, so how was how that business going for you, and uh, why did you decide? Are you still doing that, or did you finish that? So I'm still doing that, uh, but I'm not actively searching for new clients. Essentially, I got into teaching English by using like various marketplace platforms like Preply and that sort of stuff. But eventually, I actually developed like a business partnership with a, a YouTuber that has a, a like a mentorship program for Romanians. Oh, and wow! He would he he would send me some of his clients um, because some of the struggles that they faced were problems that only I could solve as an English teacher and over time I just kept on getting clients from him and kept on getting clients from him and I stopped working on marketplaces like Preply because marketplaces like Preply rely on whoever is charging the least <laughs> right yeah it's kind of so, a race to the bottom there yeah exactly it's a terrible race to the bottom and then you end up trading a lot of time for a little money and I stopped doing that like completely. And I relied completely on my business partnership. But like I said, the, the industry like took a big hit as the like the English teaching industry took a big hit when China made it impossible for teachers abroad to teach English in China. Um, mm -hmm. And then it also took a big hit for me because my my business partner had a lot of clients that were like IT specialists and the it industry also took a huge hit so that meant that i took a huge hit and i realized hmm you know taking into account all this and artificial intelligence and technology i think it might be time for me to put my my eggs in the co-living basket <laughs> okay <laughs> right but yeah nowadays okay. like I, I still do a few lessons on the side now and then um, but I'm not actively searching for clients. And if my business partner sends me more clients, I'll happily, you know, take them on. But I'm not pursuing it like I did before. My priority is co-living. I want to make sure this place gets full of digital nomads and that it's, you know, an amazing co-living space. Okay, nice. So you're full-time... Doing... Sorry? Sorry, go ahead. Uh, so I just wanted to clarify. So you're, a f you're doing 
co-living full-time you don't have any other like side projects or side hustles going on yeah i mean i have side projects and other stuff that i'm doing um but like co-living is like my priority so if i happen to find time i might work on the other stuff but there's an endless list of stuff that i need to work on and i think it's going to be like that for a while when it, <laughs> when it comes right. to this co-living space uh, <laughs> but when i do find some free time or when i want some time for myself i i also stream on twitch but that's just like a side thing i do for fun like i don't even use my voice it's just like the screen and, and some music but it's just like a, a fun little thing i do on the side sometimes i hop on in a match with some with some internet friends or something like that so it's like a fun little a thing i do so that's something i do but i also had these other side projects like for teaching english i also made the curriculum and this curriculum is actually sold online as well so i packaged it and i marketed it and you can find this curriculum on teachers pay teachers and other teachers can use that curriculum to teach in the same way that i do oh okay that's cool What's it called? Teachers pay teachers? Yeah, but the curriculum is called Lesson Speak. Lesson Speak. Okay. Yeah. And you can just it's sell your... on that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's really cool. So that's like a, a digital product you have. You could get passive exactly. income with, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. that was the theory, but I under I severely underestimated the amount of energy required <laughs> to make this okay. type of thing work right yeah i guess it's like for any online course like on course on uh udemy or something yeah it's like a ton of work at first and then then maybe you'll get some yeah. passive income eventually speaking of udemy i also made two courses on udemy i was gonna make a third course i have one course on how to teach english online <laughs> oh nice um, <laughs> that's perfect and then i have another another course on on the how to rank up in pokemon unite which is the game that i stream on twitch okay cool cool nice that's really cool and then uh so the co-living i guess how how exactly did because it seems like quite uh quite a challenge to you know start your own co-living space because i guess you need the to find the property and then you'd probably have to you know renovate it and like get all the you know like the chair comfortable chair yeah space and everything so uh, how did how exactly did that um happen so i guess over over the course of a few years while i was being more a digital nomad, staying in co-living spaces, I was also checking the market regularly. And it depends on the approach that you're going for if you want to make a co-living space because I've seen a lot of people who want to buy the property and then make a co-living space. But we don't have we didn't have that sort of money. So we decided that we're gonna rent a space because mm -hmm. it requires a lot less startup costs. Um so that actually opened up a lot of options to us because there were a lot of places that used to have a business that was maybe similar to co-living, um, like some bed and breakfasts or these smaller hotels. And what was important for us is to also try to find the right person to work with. Um, so we actually found a lot of places that could have worked, 
but the owner was not the right fit. <laughs> so mm, okay. So essentially, you know, it it took a lot of meeting people. It took a lot of viewing properties. It took a lot of time to schedule the viewings. <laughs> it took it took okay. a lot of time to go to the viewings. <laughs> uh, so yeah, essentially, a lot of time upfront to to find them and to qualify the spaces to to make sure they're appropriate. We we had like different options when it comes to to the spaces, but when it when it like when we narrowed it down, when when it came down to it, there was like a clear option that was that was much better option than the rest, and that's why we ended up here in CBO. Okay, I got it. And when you say we, do you have a team you're working with? Yeah, so it's actually my wife and I. We're we're both working on the co living space. I mean, we're okay. We're also staying here. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's cool. So you stay there too. So yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, yeah. the goal is to have the business also be self-sustaining. So from the start, we also looked for a place where we can afford to hire a community facilitator, and so that that way we can take a, a step back from the business when we want to. Okay. Right. Right. So. And continue being more digital nomad. <laughs> right, because then yeah, because I guess you can't really travel too much in your current situation right you're kind of yeah right now it's a little okay. bit tough once we get some people here that are staying more long term it's going to be much easier because one of the biggest struggles is having people who stay here short term short term clients are the ones who require the most energy and time and that sort of stuff right um so how can how can people find your co-living is it on airbnb do they just book on airbnb yeah, I mean, or yeah, so you can find us. I think I recommend going to Instagram and, and searching for Transylvanian co-living on Instagram. Take a look at maybe some of our photos, some of our videos. And then the link in our bio is the best way to get to find us. Okay, cool. And All right. Awesome. And cool. um, yeah, I, I think that covers about everything did you want to do you have anything you want to add to that or any um uh, uh nothing really i guess what i'm curious about is when you're going to come check it out are you going to come visit <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i got i'm in bali now so just gotta hop on a flight over there but i imagine winter's very uh very cold right well actually the winters here might be good because I mean, it'll be cold, yeah. But there's also a ski slope, uh, like a small ski resort that's only half an hour by car. So that might be good. There's also like a winter market here in Cebu that the city is known for. So I actually have high hopes for the winter because digital nomads also travel slower during the winter seasons, I noticed. And mm -hmm. I'm really into board games. So we're hoping to get some board gamers here who, you know, oh, no, we're stuck inside because there's no, I guess we're <laughs> okay. going to play some board games. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty cool. Be, uh... <laughs> Are you a yeah. board gamer yourself? Uh, I I like board games, but I, I haven't played any recently. <laughs> but uh, I would love to, if I had there, there's the some chance, good ones. I would love to. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's some good ones that have been appearing now. But the older ones, like Monopoly, those are... Those are bad examples. So, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure there's some better ones. Um, 
but yeah. All right, Russ. Well, it was nice but, having a chat, and uh, I don't think I have like any other questions or anything. All right, awesome. And then, uh, yeah, where can people find you um, on social media? Yeah, so just search Transylvanian Co Living. Um, Instagram is probably the best place, or Facebook. Just click the link in our bio, or you can go to transylvaniancoliving.com. And then you can book a stay directly on us on Airbnb. You can instantly book. Oh, awesome. <laughs> All right. Yep. Well, th thank you so much, Johnny. It was great chatting with you. And yeah, likewise. Hopefully, I'll see you in uh, Transylvania. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See you around and safe travels.